Welcome back into the Canucks and Pucks podcast. And uh, this episode is going to be an exclusive playoff preview. Since we already talked about the Canucks series, we won't touch too much on that. But uh, we're going to go through all the different uh, playoff series with uh, one of my co-hosts, Dan. Uh, Dan, how's it going? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, so first, first I want to uh, put a shout out to uh, Bob McKenzie, who's going to semi-retirement. Uh, he's been part of the hockey world for as long as I can remember, and he's been great at the covering the different events, trade deadline, NHL, World Juniors, you name it, he had it. And uh, very insider information, if you wanted to know anything about different things, hockey, uh, that was the source to go to. So a shout out to him. He probably won't be listening to this podcast, but uh, he definitely deserves a shout out. Absolutely. Like, um, it's funny, like, it, some of us are old enough to remember before the the dark ages of trade deadline day. Uh, trade deadline was such a flurry, and it wasn't just about getting the scoop, it was getting it right. Bob McKenzie was, was always right about, uh, you know, about his trade deadlines, his analysis of the trades, and how they impacted uh, people. And, you know, you didn't need an EK5 rating, or you didn't need... Um, <laughs> you know, guys, uh, you know, pre-reporting on things without the full details. Bob uh, knew a lot of that stuff. And, uh, you know, and he's a good person, a good human being. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, so, you know, hopefully all of us can get to that point when we're 64 and we could say, you know what, time to semi-retire. Yeah, that's right. It's great to be able to have him still do the trade deadline and World Juniors and stuff like that. So, but he's yeah. not leaving. Um, we'll still be, still be seeing his coverage around. Yeah, yeah, but still, yeah. it's a hearty congratulations to a man who's had such a big influence on the media side of the of the uh, of the game. Yeah, definitely. So that in mind, uh, we'll we'll dive into the different series that we have eight to go. Or yeah, that's right, um, eight to go through. Uh, we'll start. We'll start in the East, uh, since we don't do a lot of the coverage in the Eastern Conference, since the Canucks are in the West. Uh, starting with one of the most biggest surprises of the first round was, or the qualifying round was the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they'll be matching up against the Philadelphia Flyers, who won out for the number one seed over the Boston Bruins, who kind of dropped off there in the round robin. So Philly gets the number one seed, and they're facing the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, your initial thoughts on that series, Dan? Yeah, um, I mean, Philadelphia was great down the stretch. The reason Alain was nominated for the Jack Adams again. Uh, he's such a good um, coach, um, you know, uh, and uh, I mean, they came into the round Robin with exactly that mental attitude. Let's, you know, they have a mission. They're on a mission. They mm -hmm. felt good. They wanted to recapture that feeling. They wanted to recapture that, that momentum. And they, not only did they do that, but they looked good doing it. Uh, Carter Hart looks so legit. Um, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, this, this series, in my opinion, is going to be a battle of the goalies because unlike the Pittsburgh series where Carey Price had to be good, it made a few saves, but, you know, it was pretty, pretty lethargic um, uh, Flyers team. Um, they definitely are up against a goalie who can steal a series from them. And uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are not going to be a uh, team like the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins where they're mm. kind of just half, half ass their way through the series and maybe allow their talent to do it. The, the Flyers work hard. Elaine Vigneault expects them to work hard and the Montreal Canadiens are in for uh, a, a tough, tough series that way. 
Yeah, and the thing is about uh, the Flyers, like, I still think that Villain Vigneault should have stuck around the Canucks a lot longer than he did. Um, he's a brilliant coach, and the thing is, is everywhere he goes now, it seems like he finds success. I mean, he went to Stanley Cup final with the New York Rangers, and he's poised to kind of probably go on a pretty, you know, a bit of a run here if, uh, you know, Montreal is going to give him uh, some battles, especially with some of their emerging stars in Montreal with Nick Suzuki and um, what he's done the, from the qualifying round. I was really impressed with Suzuki there. So, I mean, uh, for a team that looked like they were down and out against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I mean, they're not an easy out. I mean, not by any means. No, in fact, I mean, they have one thing that all teams need to succeed in the postseason. Um, it's it's one thing I don't think the Flyers um, possess is a genuine number one defenseman in Shea Weber. I mean, I've, I've met the guy um, a few times. I mean, he could be a linebacker in the NFL. He's mm-hmm. that big. He's massive, and he plays a big man's game. We know all about his shot. Um, but he anchors that defense, and he does it in such a consistent and great way. And, you know, against Pittsburgh, again, I know they're older, but, you know, it's still Malkin and Crosby and yeah. Gensel and, and Hornfist. And pretty much that whole team just kind of shut them down. And, you know, you mentioned about Suzuki. Um you know, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier in a different podcast, but, uh, you know, as much as Canucks fans are uh, on the fence about Kokkaniemi for trying to injure Pedersen there, um, at the end of the day, I mean, he's a, there's a reason they took him third overall. There's a reason that uh, he's in the lineup and, you know, he scored two key goals for them and, and had really brought depth that Pittsburgh wasn't, uh, you know, ready for. And, and he's, they're going to have to continue both Suzuki and, and Kakanyami are going to have to continue to provide that depth for the uh, uh, for the Habs to have any success in this series. And the thing is, too, is you know the top line with uh, Brendan Gallagher and uh, you know Philip Deneau, they didn't have the biggest series. Like Gallagher only had one assist, uh, Deneau only had a couple assists. They both didn't score. Um, I mean, they're going to have to have a bigger series against the Flyers if they're going to be able to go anywhere. I'm a big fan of uh, Brendan Gallagher's game. I'm a big fan of, of who he is as a person and a player. And um, I think Brendan Gallagher can uh, at least match some production from, from the Flyers. I mean, really what it's going to come down to is, is, is in, in my opinion, can the goal, which goalie can out goalie the other yeah. um, can, can, can Shea Weber anchor that defense and, and will it in his 25 plus minutes a night to, to win games and can the offense of the Canadians keep up with the, with the uh, intensity and the scoring of the Philadelphia Flyers? Yeah. And, and you're looking at like some of the defensemen that kind of came to play a little more was that like Jeff Petrie, he kind of put some points up and he's yeah. not expected to do that. And uh, that's what they're going to need too is having some of their defensemen kind of chip into the scoring as well. And yeah, well, that's that's what the playoffs always come down to, right? It always comes down to these unsung heroes, and yeah. um, you know the Montreal Canadiens—they're they're full of them. I mean, they've, you know, um, Max Domi could be an X factor that nobody thinks about. So, um, you know, it's not going to be easy for the Flyers. It's going to be a—you know—it could be a short series, no doubt. But I think because of Carey Price, Shea Weber, um, you know, I think this is a this is a one this is a you know one of those six seven game series legitimately. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, you look back, look at the round robin, what the scoring that the Flyers got wasn't from the 
you know, notable players. I mean, you got Scott Lawton had three goals. Uh, Nicholas Albe Kubel, who's a, like, he's not a well-known player. He had two, two of the two goals in the three games too. And I mean, you're looking at, you don't see closure ruin there. Uh, he didn't have any points in the round Robin. So, I mean, it's, you know, did he even play? I mean, he didn't even play in the round robin. He did. Yeah. He, three games. he did. So, I mean, he did. Yeah. He it's kind played. of hard to. <laughs> he only had three shots. I mean, he only had well, he had eight shots on goal. But I mean, for a guy that's supposed to be the star, uh, he's gone onto a bit of a pointless streak going back to the regular season too. Uh, there's an article yeah. on hockey writers about that, and you know, it's he's going to have to step up. He's their leader. He's their captain, and uh, that's where the Flyers are going to need him too. I agree. I agree. I don't think that they can rely on their their second, third, and fourth line for scoring to be successful in a series. Not when uh, Montreal. I mean, Mon- Montreal has got to get the same production from their top line. So, yeah, it's a it's a really good, uh, really good uh, comment. Yeah. So now we'll go. We'll go into a bit of. Uh... Unless there's anything else you want to break down about this series. Oh, I thought we'd just get the predictions on it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah, we'll get a couple, you know, predictions from both of us on what it will go to. And uh, we'll maybe hit a key player. We kind of hit some key players, but we'll get an X factor for each team as well. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great uh, thing. So I think, I think the key in the series for the Montreal Canadiens is against um, Shea Weber. Um, and specifically that defense and, you know, as that team game goes, as long as they can, as long as they can uh, play that, that playoff style game, uh, they'll, they'll probably fare really, you know, they'll fare decently. And, um, you know, I, I expect the series to go six games. I still expect the Flyers to win. And I think this is where Carter Hart kind of, you know, has this duel with, uh, um, with uh, Carey Price. And I think you're going to see some lower scoring games because of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the series is probably going to go six or seven. I mean, Montreal has shown that they're not going to be an easy opponent. Uh, you know, they're, and Carey Price is still a series on his own, so uh, at yep. least a couple games. Um, yep. So, I mean, I, I yeah, definitely six or seven. I, I'm still I'm going with Philadelphia to come out of that series as well, but it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and key players, I, I'm going to say, like Carey Price, Montreal, and uh, for Philly, it's Clojure. He's got to be one of their best players for uh, them to go anywhere. Yep. Yeah, no, that sounds good. All right. So yeah. So we'll go to the next series, and this is another one. Uh, this is a second time, second year in a row, this is happening in the first round. Is Tampa Bay Lightning with Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, and Columbus just upset them last season when you know Tampa Bay ran away with the league and couldn't get by the stifling defense of the Blue Jackets and the Blue Jackets did it again uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So um, is this going to happen again? We'll see. Um, so yeah, what's the uh, initial thoughts on this series? Well, first of all, I just love the fact that our Tammy Panarin, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and uh, uh, Matt Duchesne who were all there and left because, Oh, <laughs> I have a better opportunity to win the Stanley cup. They're all out of the playoffs. And they're all the gone, Jackets. Yeah. Yeah, here are the Jackets, and they're ready to pounce on what appears to be right now. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're playing possum. But appears to be a pretty banged-up lightning team. Uh, Hedman was was injured in the last game. 
Um, we know that Bishop is having is struggling with some injury issues. Stamkos didn't play. Um, again, uh, if I'm the Lightning, this is the last this is the last team you wanted to play, in my yeah. personal opinion. This is the, you didn't want to play these guys because they know your ammo. You're a little banged up. They just went through. They just went through the leaves, and really, you know, aside from a, you know, that that end of of game um, in game uh, four there, aside from that, I mean, they the, the Leafs only had three five on five goals, hmm. right? So yeah. you know, if the Lightning are going to win this series, um, you know, their stars who kind of disappeared last year they're going to have to really fight through and, and draw some penalties. Like, and I mean like super draw penalties like the Canucks did against the wild where they started forcing them to take penalties that the lightning um, are going to have to do that. Kucherov's going to have to do that. Like they need those teams to do that. And I think that that is a, um, you know, really going to be a deciding factor in the series. Yeah, and the thing is, is Columbus is getting some, again, some unlikely sources of scoring like Liam Foudy, uh, or Foodie, Liam Foodie got, you know, he was really good in the last game against the Maple Leafs. And, you know, he brings that speed uh, to the lineup that Columbus and John Torrell even said in his press conference that he brought something that the team doesn't have right now. And uh, he's got the young energy, youthful energy too, to bring into the series. And yeah, if I was, if I'm Tampa Bay, I definitely don't, wouldn't have wanted to match up against the Columbus Blue Jacks because the thing is, they also got goaltending, which seems to be able to shut it down. Like Corpus Allo had a couple of shutouts in that series against Toronto. So, yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. They're going to hit another, you know, they could be hitting another goaltender that uh, may shut them out. And that's another high powered team. Like Toronto's no, no slouch uh, offensively. And, uh, you know, hitting, and they're already, like you said, they already know their MO. They already know how to shut them down. I mean, granted, they don't have the same players, but. You know, it's it's going to be a battle, and I, I really think that Tampa Bay could be in trouble. Oh, I, I think they are in trouble, and and um, I, I I expect that uh, uh, the Blue Jackets will will once again win the series, and I think they'll win the series because they're a year wiser. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois is just there's oh, a yeah. reason there's a reason that that they took him third overall and everybody gasped when they did that I remember that was the the whole thing about trading Bo Horvat to the Montreal Canadiens was that was that they were going to get PK Subban and then draft a Pierre Luc Dubois to replace yeah. him like that was the that was at least that that's the stories I've read maybe maybe someone's read something else but at least that's the story thank God that didn't happen by the way like like thankfully <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you know, like Pierre Luc Dubois, though he's the real deal. You can see it. I mean, he, they they couldn't stop him. They they and they there was nothing the Leafs could do to to uh, negate negate his effectiveness. And um, you know, uh, it's going to be fun to see uh, uh, Columbus once again. Yeah, and the thing is, is they you know Corpus Allo doesn't. I'm going back to goaltending here. I mean, Corpus Allo doesn't perform. You got Elvis Merzlikens, who's you know just as good. Like he gave up a few of those goals at the end when Toronto came back in that three minutes, but I mean he was almost nearly unstoppable, nearly unbeatable in that game up to that point. So I mean, even if Corpus Allo falters, they got another goaltender to drop, you know, go in, and they're just as confident with him as Corpus Allo. Yes, and that's I mean, I remember there's a lot of talk that Merz Lickens should have been in the uh, Calder 
talk yeah. this year. So, yeah. so um, no, I, I agree with you there. I think that's the one one space that uh, uh, Columbus has a, a strong advantage in. And, and I know, um, again, on paper, Tampa should do this, and maybe they'll come in wanting to redeem themselves. I just find it really hard to, to see that. I actually really feel for all of these round-robin teams because even Boston was like, you know, after their loss, they're like, well, the real playoffs start now. <laughs> right. But, but, but these other teams have already been playing playoffs to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're they're They don't have to warm up. They don't have to sit there and, and get a couple game feelers and one loss and one win and feel things out. Right. There's a couple of, a few of these teams go down to nothing. It's, it's going to be, maybe they get themselves going, but again, you've got to win four or five and that's going to be tough against a couple of teams who've already been, been going full, full bore in the beginning. And I, I think that's what's going to happen here with Tampa Bay and Columbus. I think, I think Columbus is feeling really strong and good about themselves. They swept them last year. Um, Tampa Bay is a little beat up and injured. Um, Tortorella has the team playing a really good, you know, playoff style brand. And I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, you know, Columbus, uh, you know, gets by the uh, lightning again. Yeah. So it's got some predictions very kind of alluded to it. Um, I'm going, I'm going uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm going to say it's going like, it's going five. I, I really, I'm really on Columbus's, uh, as, despite the fact that they play some boring hockey sometimes, I, I think that they're getting by uh, Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay's going to have some problems with them. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go uh, uh, Columbus as well, but I'll say six. I think the Tampa Bay is good enough for at least two games this time around. Um, but uh, key players for each team, in my humble opinion, Kucherov has to will the, the, the um, lightning to, 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 and and the reason I say that is, is if Tampa Bay can get their offense going, it will be really tough for the Jackets because yeah. we saw that when when the Leafs got themselves going, the Jackets all of a sudden just kind of just stood still and allowed the game to evolve around them instead of making the game evolve. And Kucherov is still a former Hart Trophy winner; he's yeah. a year removed. The guy has the ability to be a game breaker, and Tampa Bay needs that. They they need him to be that player for them because if he's not that player for them. It's, you know, this, this is a short series and it could even go, go, you know, like you said, five, maybe even four games. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a question about, I mean, do you think the Lightning have missed JT Miller um, in the, as in playoffs? No. And no. no, no, no. They, they had him on their third line. They didn't even know how to use him. It was yeah. like, it was like, it was like Bret Hart going to WCW. They didn't know how to <laughs> use him. Right. So they, so they signed, they signed JT Miller because, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's this great guy and, and they didn't know how to use him. Right. Yeah, and he comes to, and JT true. comes to Vancouver and they find they know how to use him. Right. And he embraces the role that they want him to play, too. Right. He's a support player there. Here he's a main player and you can see the maturity. So, no, yeah. Tampa Bay doesn't miss. They don't miss JT Miller. Um, but Tampa Bay is really going to miss um, Victor Hedman if he's injured. Um, and that's, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, Kucherov has to will him to win, but but missing Hedman is 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 brutal. And and for Columbus, um, you know, the key players for them for me is actually two of them. It's Rowenski and Seth Jones. I mean, those guys run that team. Like we talked about, how um, you know there are engines to everybody's team. Weber's the engine to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, Claude Giroux should be the engine to the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, in this case, it's both Seth Jones and Zach Rowenski. As they go, 
the Columbus Blue Jackets go. They have great games moving the puck. They're in the zone. They're, they're, they're down low. They're creating scoring chances. Columbus does very well. When, when those players aren't doing well, Columbus struggles. And so that's, you know, those are the, those are the two kind of key players for both teams that I, I, I see uh, pulling through if either team's going to win. Yeah, I'm going to echo those two as well. I mean, Seth Jones is, it was, uh, he's a rock back there and he moves the puck so well. He's physical. He's big. He's a good matchup defenseman. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's the engine for the Blue Jackets and yeah, Wierenski as well. And for the Blue Jackets to keep going, their goaltending has to be as stout as it was in the first round or in the qualifiers as well. Um, Because if they start faltering, uh, Tampa Bay can do some damage. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's a good comment. No, nope, really good comment. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the second one of the Eastern Conference. We'll go into the next, another powerhouse team that's, you know, supposedly should easily get through uh, as Washington Capitals, and they're facing the New York Islanders. Uh, here's another matchup that could be the bottom seed taking up the top as well. Uh, what do you think? So this is a fun one. Now, now, my second team is the Islanders, so I follow the Islanders quite a bit. Um, the Islanders are an interesting team because they are in a very similar situation um, as, as, as a young and upcoming team. Noah Dobson's had a reasonable year. We know about Matt Barzell. Um, but, you know, they're a good team, the Islanders. However, Washington Capitals want one last kick at the can. And yeah. you, can, you can see it. And the Capitals are still big. They're still tough. They're still fast. And, you know, <clears throat> love him or hate him. And I love the guy. Alex Ovechkin, the greatest goal scorer in the history of our game yeah, um, that we you. love. Um, he, he can will a team to win. He really, really can. And, and uh, I think that for the Islanders, I know that with the Panthers, it seemed like they kind of had an easy, easy time, but that's, that's the Panthers. Um, it's not going to be the same. And, and, and I think that Washington, with their experience, again, it wasn't like it was the playoff series, really, in all honesty. It was kind of like four games that, that, that Florida and, and the Islanders played. And, uh, you know, the Islanders definitely have depth. They've got some scoring, um, and, and their defense is, is reasonable. Uh, but the Washington Capitals, they still have that. And they're only, what, two years removed from their Stanley Cup? So, yeah. like, this is their last kick at the can. Um, and we got to remember, too, they lost the seven games to the Hurricanes last year in overtime. <laughs> um, and they were down in that series, I believe, three – was it 3-1 or 3-2? They were down. Yeah, I know I they were was, down in this series. I know they were down. I think it was – I think it may have been 3-1. Yeah, I, that's what I, I thought. That's what I thought. And, sure. they, and, yeah. and they had a chance to win that series, too. So, you know, like, um, Washington still has a little bit left in the tank. I'm a big fan of John Carlson. Love John Carlson's game. Um, and, uh, you know, as we all know, I mean, these guys have a championship pedigree. So, you know, for the Islanders, it's, it's going to be a tough test for them because the Florida Panthers are not the Washington Capitals. <laughs> no, no, not very close. Uh, the thing is about the Capitals, and I, I was, you know, I kind of talked about this in my uh, goaltending rankings uh, piece, and that Holpe wasn't the best in the regular season. Like, he was not good at all. And in the round robin, he did pretty well. He only, you know, he had 9.25 save percentage, 1.98 goals against average. So um, he's going to have to be really good, or at least as good 
um, you know, as he was in previous playoffs, previous seasons for them to do anything. And their goal scoring, I mean, round robin, I mean, I don't know how much you can take from the round robin. Uh, their stars didn't do much. Uh, Ovechkin didn't score. Uh, all the scoring was done by kind of supporting players. Their leading scorer was Radko Gudis with two points and two assists. But, um, you know, Oshi and Kuznetsov were only two main players that, that got some goals. And, you know, they're going to need Backstrom, uh, even Kovalchuk. Uh, I mean, they have Kovalchuk now who could be a threat on the power play adding that to Ovechkin. So, um, you know, I don't know how much stopping doing round robins. Because the Islanders did do a lot of scoring in their in that series yeah. in Florida, but yeah, and and Bobrovsky really held the man, and and Florida was no offense, they were a mess, <laughs> um, and so and so was that really because of uh, the the game the Islanders played, or was it because of the lack of game that the Florida Panthers played? And I'm gonna say it was the lack of game the Florida Panthers played. I mean, you know, we can talk about them another time, but. Um, and, and like I said, like, this is my second team. I love the Islanders. I think they've got a huge future. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, there, there's going to be some fun, fun, uh, uh, you know, deep runs about the Islanders and even the Rangers, you know, it's going to be great with, uh, because you gotta, we, you know, we forget that Wallstrom will be coming up for the Islanders and yes, that too. And yeah. he's, I mean, that guy's a sniper. So, you know, it's a matter of, are they going to take that step? and have the Washington Capitals, did they peak two years ago and was last year, you know, against the Hurricanes and just, just a seven game opening rounder that maybe should have been later in the, in the, in the playoff type thing, you know? So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that yet. I, I don't know that, but I, I know what my prediction is going to be. <laughs> yeah. So I'll get, get to the predictions uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say the Islanders are coming out of this series. Um, just because I think they have, they have a bit of maybe a little bit ahead of the, the Capitals in, you know, speed and maybe a bit more depth. Um, you know, if JG Pajot can do the same thing he did against the Planters, because I think he was a pretty key player. He had three goals, um, won a ton of face-offs. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think the Islanders are going to squeak this out in seven. Um, that was the reason, the reason they gave up their first-round pick. Yeah, and he's performed, I think, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've, they've got depth, a long-term right? deal too, right? So. Exactly. I mean, they've got depth. The Islanders do, and and you know, this this will definitely be a, a long series. I think it's going to go seven, um, but I am going to choose the uh, Washington Capitals, and I think the reason is is they want redemption from last year. Um, they want to go on a deep run. They've had the rest necessary to um, accomplish that. And I think that they have the best defenseman again. I, I know it sounds cliche, but if you go back and look at every single Stanley Cup champion um, that, that in the last few years, they except for the Pittsburgh Penguins, honestly, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but generally, the best defenseman in the in the playoffs has played on the Stanley Cup championship team. And I think that I think that in this series, John Carlson is the best defenseman in the, in the series. He's the key to the series for me, for Washington, um, for the Islanders, the key is going to be um, the, in net. Um, you know, he, uh, and I apologize. I can't, I don't know. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, their goaltender. Cause I want to say Leonard from, 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 from uh, but it's not, it's Varlamov. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Varla, Varlamov, He's an off and on goalie. He was off and on with the uh, with the Colorado Avalanche and Varlamov can't be on and off against the Capitals. He is, uh, 
he has got to be on on the ball in order for them to win, and and that's why I'm picking the Capitals. I don't I don't trust Varlamov. I mean, they do have Thomas Grice uh, in the wings too. If uh, Varlamov does alter, because Grice has put together some pretty good games too. Yeah, he has. So I mean, he could step in, but yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, it's going to be a tough series. It's not going to be close. It's not going to be something that's going to go fast. Um, this is going to be a long series just because yeah, of the depth and. The Islanders yeah. are going to put some, you know, give the Capitals fits at times. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be long. And I still, I think the Islanders are probably going to get that last win. Uh, I we'll hope see so. see what happens. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's another one. I'm kind of picking all the lower seeds as it goes here so far. Well, uh, it's the change. <laughs> except it's the, the, the Flyers. No, I think no, I no, the Flyers. no. But that's good. It's the changing of the guard, right? I mean, that's what we're seeing this year. If, if you if you want to pick, if you want to see a consistent theme right now in the NHL, it is a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we we talked about this briefly, but even the Oilers, the Oilers will be better. And in fact, they'll probably be a really strong team next year because Bouchard and, and Broberg will be in their lineup. And those are, those are really good young defensemen that probably should have played and honestly would have made a difference for them. But, yeah. you know, again, tip it out coaches himself and no, I got to have guys <laughs> I trust. And, and you know what, you can trust these young kids though. I mean, these young yeah. kids have been playing in these high pressure. You, you look at Noah Dobson he has, the guy was a stud at the World Juniors a couple last year, 2018-19 in Vancouver. I mean, just a, easily Canada's best best player in my humble yeah. opinion. Just awesome. Um, and you're seeing that changing of the guard. So no, your your picks are valid, and and that's why they're valid because you know that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing this turnover of teams, and these top teams are are almost at the end of their of their ropes, and some are trying to hang on, and and some are uh, some are going down the you know, down the drain and we've already seen it with Pittsburgh and, and we've seen it with a couple other teams. Yeah. I mean, they're looking at guys like, Oh, we're talking about Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr as being the guys leading the you know, new age defenseman. And that's, those two guys are like, they're 20 years old. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the new, yeah. yeah changing of the guard. Don't, don't forget, so. don't forget Darlene, by the way. Darlene like, too. I, yeah. Don't yeah. forget Darlene. Darlene had, like, like that's, that's pretty, I mean, what did Quinn Hughes have? 53. Yeah. So, you know, like that's pretty good production on a team like the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Oh, Sabres. It's just so, too bad he's on yeah, Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> exactly. And so we've got, like you said, you've got this, you know, this new group of really good young defensemen coming up. And so don't, yeah, don't feel bad about picking these young teams because one of them's, you know, one of them's going to hit, all of them probably could. Age catches up with everyone. The only undefeated, the only undefeated, uh, um, you know, person in the history of, of of all sports is Father Time, and it catches yeah. up with it catches up with every single player. That's that's true. And I'll go into the the last series in the East, and uh, this is a team that fell a bit. Uh, God's Presence Trophy is going to be named or was named Presence Trophy winners, and they are not the first seed going into the playoffs. They are the fourth seed in the Boston Bruins they're facing uh, the upstart Carolina Hurricanes once again here and the Hurricanes you know that the storm surge stuff last season and this season coming in and they've surprised as well and uh, here's the series that's gonna be very interesting to watch yeah I you know I'm gonna love this series because first of all I wish the Hurricanes would wear the Whalers jerseys for this one and be at the Battle <laughs> yeah. of New England again you know that would be awesome um 
but the Hurricanes are going to smoke them. And I, I think, you know, Sebastian Ajo took a step um, in his, you know, it wasn't just that the Rangers were outclassed. There's a big um, talent difference right now. And you can see that Sveshnikov, there's a reason Sveshnikov was second overall. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest, he probably should have been first. Um, you know, and, and maybe Jack Hughes will hit his stride and, and, and be as an effective a player. But right now, Sveshnikov is as good a winger as there is in the game. Aho is, is showing why the Montreal Canadiens signed him to a huge deal that, that the, the, the Hurricanes had to match. Um, yeah. they've, they've got defense. They've got goaltending. Uh, I'm really high on, on, the, uh, on the Carolina Hurricanes. And I think the Boston Bruins kind of coasting through this. Uh, coasting through this. You, you, if you don't think the Hurricanes aren't coming and gunning, remember, where, where did the Hurricanes get to last year? I'm trying to remember. Oh, that's right, the Eastern Conference Final. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> so, so, you know, if you don't – this to me, this is the best first-round matchup. Like, easily this will be the best first-round matchup. And it could be like a four-gamer. It could be a seven-gamer. I'm not going to say either way. Um, but uh, – uh, well, I will say either way. But – <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, it, it, to me, this is the, this is the funnest one. And, uh, boy, you know, like, like, as you know, I, I hate the Bruins, like literally, literally <laughs> hate that rat. I hate that team. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Zdeno Chara being such a classy individual, um, you know, I, I, it, it, it would be absolute hate. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one because uh, I'll be, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of all the storm surge and, and all that stuff, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if the hurricanes can, uh, avenge that loss from last season. Yeah. They're, they're exciting to watch. They're, they're actually quickly becoming one of my, uh, you know, I have my favorite teams other than, you know, other than the Canucks and that's my all time. But I mean, they're they're quickly becoming one of my teams that you know I'd be watching. And yeah, Svechnikov is a world class talent. Sebastian Aho, I mean, hit eight points and yeah. eight points in three games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. three po- three goals, five assists. I mean, Svechnikov had five points. I mean, that's their two halves of their top line. And, well, and and. And on defense, no. I mean, Doug, Dougie Hamilton has been a revelation for them. I mean, he, they trade him out of Boston for some reason, and then he can't get it. Do, can't do well in Calgary. Calgary yeah. And he's, and he's just, but he's found his spot in Carolina. And, and again, a lot of people, Oh, you know, Dougie's having a Norris trophy year. Again, the best defenseman in the series. And, and, and that's one of the things for Boston, like can Tory Krug, be a number one defenseman now that Zdeno Chara, you know, I mean, the ageless wonder that he is, he's not, it's going to be tough for him to play those types of minutes at the age of 43. Yeah. The thing is, is hopefully Dougie Hamilton can maybe play sometimes. this series. He didn't play in the, in the uh, first or in the qualifying series still injured. So, but they've yeah. been doing pretty well without him. Uh, okay. You know, imagine coming back. I mean, you know, yeah, well, I, that's why they traded for those guys. Yeah, and from what I've read, I believe he is supposed to be back. So yeah, he should be back. So, yeah. so I mean, I think that's no issue there. And but Sammy Vatnin, who they got, I mean, he's yeah, he's, he was really good in that first yeah uh, series. So yeah, I mean, but again, it's the New York Rangers, right? It's not, minutes, right? Yeah, but again, it's the Rangers, aren't the Boston Bruins? And and, and again, yeah. the Bruins and the but the Bruins, like, let's give let's give credit where credit is due. They won their cup in 2011 with these young guys. They went back to a final in 2013, got their hearts broken. Yes, and then they right. went to the final last year and got their hearts broken. Yes, 
<laughs> so you, you know, like like they know how to like that core. They're winners. You know, as much yeah. as we we hate them, they're winners. They know how to win. They know how to play the game. Um, but again, father time catches up with everybody. And this isn't 2011. This is nine years later. There's a big difference and a lot of mileage on a lot of those players. And right now, Carolina seems to be peaking, if you want to call it that, at, at the right time. And the thing, the thing is, the Boston Bruins, their super top line, who was so productive, uh, they didn't do much in the first first series there. And Brad, you know, if you're looking at David Pasternak, who was one of the best goal scorers in the league, didn't get any goals. Is minus three. He sat out for most of training camp as well. Yeah. Um, don't know what was actually ultimately wrong with him. But, I mean, that top line is what drives the Bruins. And if they're not going, I think well, this is going to be done quick. Well, and I think that's a really good comment about Pasternak. I mean, how many of these players just sat out because of the COVID, right? And, yeah. and not wanting to be potentially exposed and, and, and all that. I mean, there's, there's, this is an interesting year. And I think, you know, other people have mentioned it. And I think it's a valuable point in that, you know, for a lot of these players – it's, this is not easy living in a bubble like this, who, you know, that, because when you're traveling and you're at the hotel, you're still getting good foods. You can go out into the cities, you can experience certain things. Right. In, in this case, it's like, basically you're at the hotel and whatever the yeah. hotel gives you, that's what you get. Yeah. And they're working, and they're working out in convent or in uh, conference rooms and they got gyms set up in those rooms and that, but pretty much that's where they are. And that's why the Canucks didn't want to move. They're like, no, like we're, we're set up, we're here, we're comfy. That's why we're going to stay here at the Sutton. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, um, you, you know, we, we don't know. I mean, Pasternak could all of a sudden come in and, you know, he's, he's the best at this point, he's the best goal scorer in the league. Um, and, um, you know, all of a sudden he could turn the Jets on and, and we're in for a, a doozy of a, of a series. Yeah, that's why this series is such a fun one to watch. It's going to be in. Uh, I'm going with this series being Carolina's series. And, they're, you know, I think it's going to six or seven, though, as Boston does have that experience. They do have that scoring power and the ability to defend. So I don't think Carolina's walking away with this, but I think Carolina's going to win in six. Uh, key players, again, Sebastian Ajo, Svechnikov, they have to be as good as in the first uh, series. And uh, for Boston, that top line, I mean, that's just bottom line. They have to be as good as the regular season. And then Tuka Rask has to be the goaltender that he was as well. Yeah, so I'm also going Carolina in six. Um, and I think that they're, they're, they're motivated. They want to, they want to play hard. And I think they could put Boston in a mental set where it's like, you know, what, let's just get out of here. And because the, again, the regular season, then what the Stanley cup's done in October and the regular season starts December. So it's yeah. only a few months away anyways. Like, you know, it's, it's easy to have that mindset. Um, for me though, if Boston is going to push this thing and, and really get going, to be honest, People are like kind of ragging on Anderson and that, but Tuka Rask has not won playoff. He's won some series in that, but when it's come to the Stanley Cup final, when he's been there and in other playoff series, Tuka Rask struggles and he lets in some bad goals and mm -hmm. he can't make the big save when they need him to make it. And they're going to need him to do this because the, the guy who's a key on the other side for me is not Ajo, it's Svechnikov. Svechnikov, yeah. I think, is going to have a coming out party. I think he's he's going to show why he should have been the the first pick, and um, you know you, you have to draft centers um, because they're so hard to develop. 
but the Carolina Hurricanes are lucky that they already have Sebastian Ajo, and Svechnikov is, seems to be the perfect winger for him. Yeah, uh, they're, they're too, like, dynamic duo, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, that's the end of the, that's the Eastern Conference. Um, who, let's do a prediction of who's coming out of that. Uh, oh, actually, that's too soon. We'll do that later. No, no, it's not. We'll no, it's good. It's, it's good. <laughs> Come out of no, the I'm East, happy to do it. But, no, I'm, uh, I'm happy to do it. No, I'm happy to do it. I think it's good. I think Carolina's coming out of the East. And it's not because right. they, they got to the conference final last year, so they'll take the step this year. I think that their their talent, you can see the the, the development of where they're at, and I believe that um, Carolina has a um, they they've just got that drive, and they've got they've got everything at all the positions that you need you need to have it. And um, uh, you know, I think that they're probably going to play the Flyers in the conference final. Is is where where I see them. Although if the Flyers, you know, if the you know, uh, you know, you're gonna have to have some some of the the upsets in order to meet the Flyers in the, yeah. in, the in the conference finals. So, uh, but that's what I think you know will happen, and that's who I'm that's who I'm picking. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, I I'm I really am high on the Carolina Hurricanes too, especially how easily they come out of the first round. I mean, they did they didn't play the best team, but I mean. The Rangers were supposed to be a pretty good matchup for them, but ultimately didn't do much. Um, so, I mean, uh, yeah, Hurricanes, I'm going to pick them as well. And they're gonna, I think they're going against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, it's it's kind of a – I don't know how good of a series that would be, but uh, <laughs> I, I just find that the Blue Jackets can just – they can be a surprising team as well. So, I, I, I'm going to go with that. In in the year 2020, I'm not going to argue with you on that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting year. We're going to have some weird things, I think, at the end of all yeah. this. Yeah. All right, so let's let's jump over to the Western Conference, uh, where we're going to be covering mostly with uh, the Vancouver Canucks in there. But uh, let's start with uh, another surprise that came out of the qualifying round: it was the Chicago Blackhawks, 12th place. Wasn't really any chance that they're going to make the playoffs. They traded away their second bet. You know, they traded away Robin Leonard, uh, thinking, oh, yeah, we're not making the playoffs. But ultimately, their experience did the job. And Jonathan Taves, Pat Keane, turned back the clock and and really did a very good, you know, number on the Edmonton Oilers. So, and they're the eighth seed playing against the Vegas Golden Knights, who took number one spot uh, there. So, what do you think about this series? All right. So, so first of all, on the Chicago Blackhawks. We talked about this on the other podcast. It bears repeating. People are, you know, kind of talking about ragging on the Maple Leafs model and, and all that. The model that the Canucks are doing is the Chicago Blackhawks model. Mm-hmm. That's the model. That's what won them three cups in five years. It wouldn't surprise you because all of a sudden, like the, the interesting thing about this whole COVID thing that happened is the season ends in March. Players go home. So all the Swedish players go home. And what do they do when they're there? they all work out. They're working out, they're getting ready. They're, you know, the season's going to start at some point. So we're just, we're just going to work out and get better. Right. For when it comes back, Kirby Doc does exactly that. Kubalik does exactly Kubalik, that. Yeah. Uh, Bokvist does exactly that. And now all of a sudden they come into this game against, against, because, because again, age was catching up to the Blackhawks. It was, but yeah, now they definitely. got this infusion of youth. So Kubalik's on a line with Jonathan Tate which takes a lot of pressure off the tapes, right? And now yeah. Patrick Kane, Patrick, you know, Patrick Kane's Kirby Doc. 
And then all of a sudden Kirby Doc opens up spaces and 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 Boquist is making Duncan Keith look like the old Norris Duncan Keith again. And now I know it was the Oilers, but but that's the difference between of why the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Oilers is they came back really like the 2020-21 Chicago Blackhawks versus the 2019-20 Blackhawks. But the Edmonton Oilers came back as the 2019 Edmonton Oilers, and they took a step back. And and this is where, you know, um, the Golden Knights th- – <sighs> I know they were winning the division in that. I think, I think there were injuries to, to certain teams, Vancouver being one of them, that kind of allowed the Knights to kind of get their feet going and everything. And, and that, um, you know, this is their last kick of the can or one of their last kicks of the can, honestly. They, yeah. were, gift, they were gifted uh, uh, in their prime team and some of the best players, you know, thank, thanks Dale Talon and the Florida Panthers for giving, you know, a 30 goal <laughs> score and a, and a number one, to, you know, number two defenseman anyways, and Riley, and Riley Smith to, to the, the gold at Knights there. But, um, you know, uh, this is not going to be easy for them because the Chicago Blackhawks, one thing that they're really good at is they're good at scoring goals and they're good at getting in people's heads with uh, the Chelsea dagger. And yeah. if you're the if, and and unlike the Golden Knights, where they do have a distinct home ice advantage in uh, Vegas at the Verizon Center, there, they don't have that here. And every time Chicago scores, they're going to hear that. And okay. the Vegas Golden Knights don't play a defensive game. They open up. They like to have that speed. They like William Carlson to get some goals. They like Mark Stone. You know, like the, that's the type of game that they play. And that's just playing right into the Chicago Blackhawks, um, you know, game style as well. And, you know, the one thing that uh, the Blackhawks have um, that uh, the Golden Knights are going to need to rely on is, is Corey Crawford seems to be finding his groove. He might let mm-hmm. in a couple bad goals, but Crawford seems to be finding his groove. And uh, they're going to need not Laner. They're going to need Marc-Andre Fleury to be the Marc-Andre Fleury that led them to the Stanley Cup two seasons ago. Yeah, and the thing is, is like I picked the Blackhawks to come out of that series against Edmonton just because of their biggest thing was their experience. And like you said, you made a great point with that. You know, guys going back and you know working out, getting better, and these young guys like Kirby Doc is a huge uh, factor in that series. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was killing penalties there too. So I mean, it's. It's an interesting matchup, and the thing is, is the Blackhawks, they know how to win, ultimately. Their top players know what it takes to get there, and and turning back the clock, a lot of these guys are, and even a guy like Oli Mata, who was, you know, pretty pedestrian in Pittsburgh, uh, had a really good series at four points. I mean, two goals, two assists, I mean, and he doesn't play a lot of minutes, but he was productive, and, and Kubalik has been a super rookie. I mean, he was He's third in Calder uh, nomination too. So uh, three goals, three assists. If not for Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, I, I think he probably wins it. Well, he had a five point night in the in the uh, in the uh, exhibition game as well. And um, I mean, Kubalik, yeah. If he wins the Calder, can you get upset about it? He had thirty goals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were all true. like, Brock Besser was on pace for thirty goals. He should win the Calder. You know, well, this guy did score thirty goals. And he was on pace for probably 36, 37, just like Brock. So, you know, um, I, I, I'm high on the Blackhawks' future again. Um, 
you know, I'm probably, oh God, people are going to hate me. I'm one of the few Canucks fans. I actually like the Blackhawks. I really <laughs> do. I like them. I like their team. I like how they play. I like the way they play hockey. They don't play a grinding style of hockey. They play fast. They play tough. I like that. Um, having said all that, um, you know, we're, we're going to get into our predictions. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking <laughs> – I hate to say this too. I'm taking the Blackhawks coming out of this one. Um, I'm being an Canucks fan and how much I've hated the Blackhawks over the years for taking out the Canucks so, so many times that, um, you know, the, the hated players that I really hated on that team are gone. Honestly, like Dave Boland was, I hated that guy. Um, uh, Bufflin didn't like him until he was off the team. I mean, it's it's more like Pat Kane is ridiculously skilled. I mean, you can't. Oh, uh, he's awesome. You can't say, oh, you know, I hate this guy. I mean, oh, I hate yeah. him. I hate yeah. him more because he's so skilled. And yeah. whenever he plays the Canucks, he's one of the most dominant players. And, and, how, and how can and how can you hate Captain Canada and John? Oh, Kate, honestly, I mean, I mean, he's just yeah. I've compared. Yeah. I mean, people say you know maybe it's a bit of a lofty comparison. It probably is. Uh, is Bo Horvat has a lot of Jonathan Caves in him. Yeah, and, well, Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves says that Bull Harbat has a lot of Jonathan Taves in it. <laughs> so I mean, it's not a bad, not a bad comparison. And no, like Horvat may not be the goal scorer that Taves is, but uh, you gotta say Horvat has had about multiple twenty goals. Jonathan so. Taves isn't a great goal scorer, by the way. Look at his stats. No, it's not true. like a super it's goal true. scorer. He's but he's a leader. He goes out. He scores big goals when you need him. And Bull Horvat seems to be doing that he did that in game in game four um so you know it's funny because now you've got me you've got me questioning my pick because of that um because okay. i was going to take vegas and i think uh, i think i still am um and i'll take them in 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 seven it'll be a seven game series but i i just think that the 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 golden knights have enough offensive weapons Right. And, mm. you know, unless there's a phantom five minute penalty with, you know, seven minutes left and they're up three nothing and they gave up, you know, they give up four um, goals on a five on four, you know, uh, penalty um, power play. Um, you know, I, I think the Golden Knights are are still deep enough to get by. And I think that the inexperience that the Hawks do have in their lineup is going to be a challenge for them. I mean, they're they're while they have they made a step against Edmonton, that was Edmonton. Edmonton is not a very good team right now because they don't have the depth that, that Vegas has. And Vegas yeah. has depth. Vegas can wear them down. And, you know, I think it'll be seven games. I think the Hawks have enough to get there. But I'll take I'll – take, but I'll, this one will be a game seven overtime winner. And, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, and I think uh, Mark Stone uh, is going to score the winner for Vegas in game seven. Yeah. So, I mean, I've kind of alluded to the key players in this. I mean, again, Taves and – you know, even the, the young guns have, again, like this is the same thing, pretty close to what the Canucks did in the first young guns and experience won the day. And, uh, you know, and that's what basically happened. Uh, they're young, young players, Kirby Doc, Kubalik, they were both key players in the series. And then their experience in Caves, Kane, Keith all came through as well. So very, very actually pretty good comparison between the two of how they got out of the two series. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, so that's that's the first one. We'll go into the next one. It was upstart Colorado Avalanche, Kale McCarr. Uh, those guys against the number seven seed Arizona Coyotes, who uh, I don't know if it was a surprise them coming out of the round rock or not the, round, the qualifying round, but they're in and they're playing the Avs. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, so um, 
you know, I, I, my son is a huge Avalanche fan, so I, I know a lot about the Avs and, and who they are. And he didn't like this matchup for them. He doesn't like it. Um, and the reason he doesn't like it is the, the you know, the way that the, the Coyotes play their hockey. I mean, you saw it in game four there against the, the Preds, the rope-a-dope, and give up lots of shots. But Phil Kessel can just score goals. Taylor yeah. can score goals. Like, they can score. And, you know, um, that is a team that the Avalanche have struggled with. Now, having said that, um, I personally think the Avs are going to smoke them. I think the Avalanche are by far the best team in the West, and it's not even close. That defense, again, if you look at uh, Samuel Gerrard, um, Samuel Gerrard, uh, Kale McCarr, uh, uh, Jack Johnson, um, and uh, it's Gerrardi. No, no. who's on the other side. Um, uh, just unbelievable. Anyways, they have so much depth on, on defense and they have so much depth. I think Nazem Kadri has, has given them uh, a third line center they didn't have before. If they need to load up, they can load up. And in my personal opinion, they have the best player on the planet right now, Nathan McKinnon. I love oh. watching Nathan McKinnon. Every time we go to Avalanche games, like no offense, when, when he scored that overtime winner, you just smiled because it was like, that's just awesome. You know, yeah. like, like there are very few players and that you'd love to go to games to watch play. I love watching Nathan McKinnon play hockey. He's just so good and just so excellent at the game. Um, and he's right in his prime right now. Uh, I think, you know, uh, the Nathan McKinnon is going to take over this series. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be a fun one for the Coyotes. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm echoing that. I mean, the thing is, Nathan McKinnon, every time I've watched uh, Canucks and Avalanche, McKinnon's taken over. And the thing is, is he's so dynamic and he's so fast and he's so dipty. I mean, my dad is a big fan of him. And every time he watches, he's like, you know, that guy is just insane. And and I'm like, yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing is, is you can't. I mean, he's on the other team, but you marvel at the skill this guy has. You know, off, off, off topic real quick, are, are we not blessed to be in – think about this. For the next 10, 15 years of hockey here, we get to watch Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, Elias Pettersson. Um, you know, like, like we have so many, you know, top-end talent on all of these teams that we can watch. Oh. And, and, you know, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it, it's, it's almost obscene um, that, that we're, we're able as fans to, to watch this at, at this level of hockey right now. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. And, and you throw in the dynamic defensemen that are coming up too. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's another discussion. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just insane. Yeah. And yeah. then no, yeah, exactly. so we'll talk, I want to talk about this a little later, but Alex Lafreniere is coming up too. And he's another yeah, we're, guy we'll talk about this. Be, yeah, we'll, we'll talk you know, about this because this will be we'll a good discussion. <laughs> this will be a good discussion, yeah. But uh, I, I'm going to move right into my pick. I'm going to pick the Avalanche at five. Um, I think that they're a better team. I like Grubauer. I know Kemper can steal a series for them. But, again, they have some. They have something that the um, Coyotes don't have. And as good as um, Ekman um, uh, or Ekblad is for the um, – no, no, not Ekblad. Ekman Larson. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I always get them mixed up. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, there's also there's also Ekman X too from Minnesota. Oh, geez. So like, oh, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Kale McCarr is the best 
he's going to win the Calder. Um, whether you agree with it or not, how can you, how can you get mad at it? Um, you know, he didn't have a great opening round, but I, you know, remember he came in against Calgary and, and he played phenomenal. And uh, the, I, I have no doubt that, uh, you know, that defense is going to help take over the series and Nathan McKinnon is going to put on a show. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going with this as a shorter series. I think it's going to sleep. I think the Avalanche is going to overwhelm the Coyotes. Uh, their speed, uh, their, the ability they can, they can just take over games with their offense. I mean, I didn't mention this before, but I'd say the most exciting game we've watched, I watched in like, I don't know, in a decade, I'm going to say, was that 6-5 uh, game last regular season, the Canucks and Avalanche. And I, I'd say that was the most exciting uh, you know, game of hockey I've watched in a long time. And, and that's just because the Avalanche and the Canucks were so fast and dynamic and offensively skilled and two stars going at it. So I'm saying, I'm saying the Avalanche in four. Yeah, no, I can't, uh, I can't uh, get angry at it. If the, if the Coyotes have a chance to win this, it's going to have to be off of the, off of Kemper and uh, their whole defensive structure, because um I don't think they're going to be able to outscore the Avalanche. Even if they get, even if guys like Kessel and Taylor Hall and all these guys score goals, I don't think they're going to be able to outscore them unless Darcy Kemper is, uh, has a uh, con Smythe uh, run here. Oh yeah. And just as an aside, this is going to, uh, with Maple Leafs fans, but I think Maple Leafs really miss Nazem Kadri uh, in yeah. that series. Yeah. And yeah. They had to trade him away because of the cap issues they had and the Avalanche are reaping the benefits. Well, no, I think they traded him because they wanted Tyson Berry because they wanted a power. Oh, yeah. And, then, yeah. and then they never used him. They never used him. And then, oh, well, he never worked out for them. Well, they never used him. They never put him in that position to succeed. They always put him on the second power play. And then it was somehow it's Tyson Berry's fault. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto's a mess. But anyways, we'll talk about that after. But yeah. All right. That's, a, that's another podcast of the guy. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, last, but uh, the last series we'll talk about is the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. So the five, three and six, uh, Dallas got the third seed by beating the St. Louis Blues in the last game of that uh, round robin. They're facing the Calgary Flames. Uh, that's this series is going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be a very physical series, I think. Well, yeah, I think Matthew Kachuk is going to wake up the Dallas Stars. So this, is, this is why I didn't want. This is why I didn't want to play the Dallas Stars is I think their talent was – I didn't want the Canucks to play them. I think they have top-end guys that can win games for them. One of the things I think that the Calgary Flames do not possess, Johnny Goudreau, unless all of a sudden he has a revelation and becomes the, 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 uh, you know, the all-star winger that he's supposed to be, um, he's, he is virtually non-existent in these types of games because he doesn't know how to play in them. He doesn't know how to process them. He doesn't know how to, how to get into a space to, to be effective anymore in, in these types of games. It, it was good against Vancouver, an old age in Vancouver core in 2015. Certainly hasn't been the last few times they've been in the playoffs and certainly wasn't last year against the Avalanche and it won't be against the Dallas Stars. And I think Kachuk is, has, has to, you know, will them, you know, and, and they're going to play tough. But the Dallas Stars can be that tough a team. And, and again, I go back, I've always said this, best defenseman in, in this series, it's not Mark Giordano, it's Miko um, Heiskanen. And mm-hmm. I, I like, 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 man, Heiskanen is, you know, he should have been nominated for the Calder with, with, uh, with uh, Patterson last year. Um, Heiskanen had an incredible, oh, no, he was nominated. An incredible yeah. year. Incredible, incredible year. This guy's a stud. He's bigger. You see him on the ice. He's amazing. 
he can take over a series. And I don't think Calgary will have a, have a, uh, an answer to that. And, and again, you know, for the Calgary flames on their side, they're an old team. They're, they're not a young team. Uh, you know, Bennett and, and uh, Kachuk are young, but that defense is super old. Like Jared yeah. Adams, 36. Like they had one good year and then they wasted it last year in the playoffs, losing in five. Yeah. Pretty much now they, they're, they're, they're okay, but I don't expect them. I don't trust their goaltending. Sure. Cam Talbot played well against a, an a incredibly injured Winnipeg team. Um, you know, basically what, it, you know, and I'll talk about my keys to this, but you know, I don't, I don't see Calgary beating the Dallas stars except for one thing, which I'll talk about when uh, we get to it. Yeah, the thing is about this this matchup, and like I said, said earlier, is like I didn't want the Canucks to play Dallas, partly because they didn't play very well most of the time against them. But the the Flames had you know have similar problems, and like you said about about Goudreau, is he doesn't have that extra level it seems in the playoffs. And you know you look at Elias Pettersson early on. I mean, he's not hasn't been super productive, but you can see he's fighting through it, and you see that he's able to handle it. I don't think Goudreau can handle the, you know, the upper, you know, the intensity that he's being placed under in the playoffs. And I mean, granted, Sean Monaghan did have a good uh, first round. He had six points um, when he did nothing last, last year in the playoffs. So I'll give him credit there for, you know, kind of stepping up there, but they need Goudreau to be dynamic. They need him to be, that type of goal scorer, and I don't really see him doing that. I totally agree, and that's that's the thing. Be, your best players have to be your best players, and right now, Goudreau's not their best player. It's Matthew Kachuk. So, okay, if Matthew Kachuk's going to be your best player, fine. Right? Let him get under the skins, but guess what? The Dallas Stars have those types of players as well, yeah. and uh, and with the Calgary Flames, I think the problem is is you don't know what team you're getting, right? And And playing a really injured team without its number one center and its number one winger, which is like basically, you know, 30% of the, of the Winnipeg Jets, how can you rightly judge and go, oh, the, the Flames were just awesome in that series. I mean, look at, look at how they held them off the score sheet. Well, no, like, geez, I mean, I mean, yes, I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure if I played at the NHL, I'd be held off the score sheet. So, you know, like, like you know, there's, there's a big difference and, and the, the doubt, but, but, you know, we're, we're going to, we'll, we'll get to the keys here because I, I think you're going to like my key to this series. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get to the keys. Okay, so I predict the – okay, this one sucks because <laughs> because the Stars should win this series, should. The problem is you don't know if the Stars give a shit. You don't yeah. know if they actually care to play. You don't know if they actually want to play or even want to win. I mean, half the time, they just and, – and this has been their M.O. for the last three seasons – they just go out on the ice and skate around and if they win, they win. And if they lose, they lose. And they just don't care. Huh. Like literally they do not care. When's, when's the last time you sit there and said, wow, that Dallas team, like you can tell Tyler Sagan and Jamie, like they care, you know, they, they are just, they are such a good hockey team. Like I think that was like five years ago Yeah. when, when Ben won the heart and, or won the yard Ross. And, and like, other than that, I just, that's my problem. The, the Dallas Stars should be favored to win the Stanley Cup, 
but I don't think they care. Yeah. And if, if they bother to actually care and show up, they'll beat the Flames easily. But I think the Flames are going to win in seven games or six games because I just think the Stars are happy to go home and just, what do they care? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's hard to argue. I mean, the thing is, is even in the round robin, um, top players were not. They didn't really show up. You see, like, Jamie Benn, no points. Minus four. Uh, you know, you look at – I'm just looking at it. Tyler Sagan, minus four. No points. I mean, it's yeah. – I mean, Joe Pavelski had two goals, but we know he shows up in the playoffs most of the time with the Sharks when he was with the Sharks. Um, Corey Perry had a goal. Again, a guy that's older. These two guys are 34 and 35, by the way, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm actually agreeing with you with that. I mean, you look at their top players and you, you didn't really see signs of them waking up. Alexander Radulov, again, another key player for them. No points. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say that, oh, they're going to come out. Talent-based pay on paper, yeah. For sure, they have the goal scoring and the ability to do it. But yeah, and the Flames, despite what they, you know, they did do really well against the Jets. But yeah, I'm going to say the Flames are coming out of this in, in seven as well. Yeah, I, I mean, the Stars should win. Like, like and, and that should be like, this should be the asterisk series where you're allowed a mulligan. Like, that's <laughs> literally my mulligan. The Stars should win this and they should win it in like five or six. But I think the Flames will win it in seven because of the, the they just don't, the Stars just don't care. Like, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And, you know, it's, it's it just is what it is. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, there seems to be no, there was no signs in the round robin that they were, you know, ready to play either, which. Well, that I mean, they cared. I mean, yeah, that last that game, they, that last game, both St. Louis and Dow, like they didn't care. Neither team cared. Yeah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Whatever. And that's actually not a healthy attitude to have. No, it's going not. Into, going in. You, you can't have an attitude. Well, we'll get in the playoffs and, you know, we'll turn it on. I mean, how, again, how many times have we seen where teams thought that and before you know it, you're down to nothing. And, and I, you know, it's possible to win four or five games. We've seen teams do it, but chances are when you go down to nothing in a series, you pretty much are, are, are going to lose. And, yeah. you know, it's a pretty high percentage you're going to lose. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's my, that's my mulligan one. The Stars yeah. should win, but I'm picking the Flames. Yeah, and, and key players, like Larry said, is like the Stars need their Stars to, <laughs> to carry. <laughs> to perform, yeah. so right? I'm going to say so. Heiskin in for them, though. If a Heiskin in is moving the puck and moving it out and they're getting, they're getting success and generating stuff, that'll, that'll be it for them. Um, and then, you know, like I said, for the Calgary Flames, it's, it's got to be, um, be Kachuk. I mean, basically, he's the engine that, that, that drives that car. As, as Kachuk goes, the Flames go. Yeah, I have to agree with that as well. So, um, so let's get to our picks coming out of the West. I mean, we already talked the Canucks, St. Louis in the last yep. episode, so probably not too much bigger things unless we want to discuss that as well. No, no, I think we, I think we covered it really good on the last podcast, but just if anyone didn't hear it, um, you know, I picked Vancouver in seven games over the blues. I think you picked them in six. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason that both, at least the, what we saw was, at least from, from my perspective is like Vancouver stars have matured enough coming into this, that 
like much like we talked about with Chicago, they should be able to, to take that. And, you know, Jacob Markstrom should be able to provide the same level of goaltending. And if they do that, they should, they, you know, that speed should break down the stars or break down the blues, sorry. And um, they should be able to beat the blues. So that's, that's why, you know, I chose them. So uh, my pick to come out of the West um, is going to be uh, the Avalanche. Um, but they're going to play Vancouver in the conference final. I think Vancouver has enough Ooh, to get by Vegas. They have enough to get. Series. Yeah, they have <laughs> enough to get by Vegas, um, and and people will not a chance. I, they have enough to get by Vegas. By the time they they reach the Avalanche, it'll be a you know a six game uh, Nathan McKinnon showing why he's the best player in the world um, uh, matchup. And so I've got uh, I've got. Uh, um, uh, you know, what, what did I say? I had out of the East, I had the Hurricanes, so I've got a Hurricanes Avalanche final, and I've got the Avs winning the Stanley Cup. There we go. So I'm, I may sound like a homer. <laughs> I'm going with the Canucks and the fact that, uh, I mean, the Avs are going to present a pretty big challenge, but I think ultimately it's, again, I mean, up in the air, I, I'm going to say the Canucks are coming out of it. This year just seems different in the fact that this seems set up for a Canucks uh, Stanley Cup final, and uh, I'm going with so it'll be the Canucks and I say Hurricanes coming out of the East. Was it Columbus? I can't remember who I picked now. You pick you pick Columbus. So it would be a Columbus Canucks yeah. final, and yeah, so that that would be a little uh, interesting coming out. So, but again, well, it would be plenty. three three <laughs> three have three heavy teams that that rely on. Uh, you know, rely on that that uh, transition and, and uh, positional play that the Canucks would have to go through. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's my picks, and so that uh, that all gets started tomorrow uh, after. Well, I don't know if there's any morning games on on tomorrow, or everything starts early. Scrolling through. I'm checking. No, I'm checking through right now for you. So it's like noon. Looks like the start. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Blue Jackets, Lightning, then the Flames and the Stars, Hurricanes, Bruins, Blackhawks, Golden Knights. So everything gets going at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, New Pacific. So it's, it's like coming it. up quick. I like it. I like it. Hockey all the time. It's a little it less hockey than the before, but uh, we're back to Still the normal good. base. Well, semi-normal. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. So, so we want to talk about the draft let's, now. Let's talk, talk about, about the yeah. Let's talk about the okay. draft lottery, so, which was so, just completed. Yeah. So first of all, the, the the Rangers would have missed the playoffs. So I'm okay with them winning it because they should have been a lottery team. Yeah. And that's that's what the, it's for. Um, it's a joke that um, you know these other teams like the Oilers, the Penguins, um, the uh, you know the the. Uh, it's a joke that they had chances at, at that. Um, it would have been nice if Winnipeg could have got it. Yeah. Um, but um, but you know, uh, I think Winnipeg picks ninth, ninth anyway. So so that's reasonable. So um, but but I, I'm I, that's okay. I think uh, you know the, the Rangers are just pretty. You know, they, you got to get a lot of luck. They got luck with Cackle last year. They got luck this year. Um, you know, the Islanders are going to be a good team. Yeah, that's going to be a war when the Rangers are, are going. Um, but if I was the Rangers, this is me. This is me. If I was the Rangers, I would not take Lafreniere. I'd take Quentin Byfield. And again, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's simply because you cannot trade for centers. And how many, and this sounds bad, but aside from Alex Ovechkin, you've got these high end wingers. And, and how many high end wingers win Stanley Cups? 
and it's not meant to disrespect, but Alex Ovechkin, who's the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game, is the only one, and he only has one Stanley Cup. Yeah. And, and it's, just, it's just, you know, you've got Panarin, and you've got Kako, and you've already got Sabinajad. Get Quinton Byfield. Create two lines. Quinton Byfield is, will put up, you know, 90 to 100 points. He's big. He's tough. You already saw what Pierre-Luc Dubois did in the playoffs. Um, Lafreniere is obviously really talented. Again, you know, how many Stanley Cups does Steven Stamkos have? And yeah. he's been to what, two finals or one final? I think he's been to one final. One, yeah. One final, right? Um, you know, it, you, you win through, through building down the middle. And the New York Rangers, you know, they'll take Lafreniere because he's just so talented, but it's, I believe it's going to end up caught. I, I just, I don't know. Quinton Byfield will be the more effective player and will probably be, have a better overall career in terms of, of team success than Lafreniere, in my personal opinion. Well, like you said, but like you can't, me. you can't trade, like no one trades you a top line center. Um, you have to develop Or if they do, if they do, them. it's Matt Duchesne. If yeah. they do, it's like a Matt Duchesne who's a cancer a in, on, on the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you're getting a superstar centerman, you have to draft them. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just it. And you're not alone with, you know, saying that Quentin Bag- Byfield could go first overall. Uh, you know, Cam Robinson has him first in, in his rankings. Um, probably the only one that I've seen out there that has him first overall. And it's hard to argue with it. Uh, especially, like I said, like I was talking to uh, uh, Andrew Forbes, who's a a contributor on the hockey writers and on uh, my first podcast that came back from the hiatus. And we were talking about that same thing and is saying that, you know what? I mean, it depends on the team that gets the first overall pick and what they need. And, you know, Byfield could definitely go first overall, depending on who gets first. And the Rangers definitely could use a guy like that at center. Well, especially with Sabinajad in his, in his prime, it's a great, situation for Byfield to come in and not have to be the man right and and again you know we, we talked about this a little and if people haven't listened to our older podcast definitely go do that but you know there's a reason that that the the, the Canadians and the and the Coyotes took Kotkaniemi two years ago and Barrett Hayden right like like centers are so hard to draft I mean I mean you know Craig Craig Button was like the connection pick Barrett Hayden. He's a center. You, you ought to take a center. Like, like that's how highly they feel that these players who probably should be like 15, 16, 17, realistically yeah. in, 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 in their drafts, they, they take them so high. That's why Vancouver took Ilias Pedersen at, at number five and, and other teams, you know, shied away from his size. Well, well how, you know, he, I mean, how stupid. Right when yeah. when you have a franchise center staring at you, you you have to take that. You you really have to take that. And and uh, you know they'll probably take Lafreniere. And you know now you're loaded at wings, and, and now you got to move pieces around. And you know the simpler option would be Byfield, but they'll probably take Lafreniere and and L.A. who was gifted uh, um, who was gifted Kopitar when Vancouver took you know rest in peace Luke Bredon. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, you know, they're now they're going to get Quinton Byfield and, and the LA Kings in two and a half, three years, will be battling Vancouver for top spot in the, in the, in the division. 
yeah, it's, uh, that's probably what's going to happen. And the thing is, is it, it's Lafreniere and, and they got Capo Caco last last draft. Um, and those two, like Lafreniere and him, are, I mean, the Rangers are going to be a really good team in the future. Yep. And, yep. You know, and everyone's saying, oh, they got, they got the first over pick. They had so many points. And you got Detroit Red Wings. They kind of, they had the least point. They should get the first overall pick. Well, that's not what happened. Yeah. So do you want? Do you want to hear my? Do you want to hear my little not conspiracy theory, but my little dream for the Canucks? Yeah. I, I I am a firm believer that the Canucks are going to win three cups in five years. They may even win a back to back. Like I I believe wholeheartedly that strongly in Bester Pedersen, Hughes, um, yeah. Demko, Demko. I actually you know Marshall's thirty one. I know that's when goalies come into their own. I think Demko is going to come into his own, and I believe that he's going to be that goalie. I, I don't. You know, this is another discussion we can have, but I believe the Canucks are good enough to win three cups within a five-year span, much like the, much like Chicago Blackhawks did. Okay. Yeah. Um, my redemption tour would be that they catch Boston one last time for their first one, then they avenge, then they avenge their they when their second one avenging avenging the loss to the Islanders in '82. Oh yeah. And then and then they win the third one avenging their loss to the Rangers in '94. So that's my that's my you know kind of my that's my dream scenario that they would avenge those losses and and heal some wounds and you know Vancouver fans could stop being so crazy about you know the stupidest things on Twitter all the time now. Yeah, that that would be the best. <laughs> like that's like a dream scenario. That'd be awesome. I mean, but and the thing is, it's not. Oh, you're not. You know, you're not out to lunch with a lot of that. I mean, the Canucks' future is really bright. I mean, yeah. You know, we were talking earlier about the young guys the Canucks have, and the excitement that they're bringing, the dynamic play that they bring. Be happy we have these guys. I mean, the the, the coverage we're getting on these guys. Right, the coverage we're getting on, like Chris Faber, um, Canucks Abbey too. If anyone doesn't follow Canucks Abbey too, follow Canucks oh, Abbey too. Oh, the guy's too. amazing. His, I had him on his podcast. coverage, yeah, yeah, his coverage of of Canucks outside of of the NHL is phenomenal. Faber does a great job on on the AHL. What the Canucks have in their system and the quality of depth that they have, as much as people say, "Oh, it's Judd Brackett, Judd Brackett," maybe it is, maybe it was, but the fact remains they have them. And Pod yeah. Colson is a first-line winger, like a legit first-line winger. Niels Hoglander should have been a first-round pick and has the potential to be a first-line winger, but his downside is a second-line winger that can score, you know, 20, 30 bad. goals. Jet Wu is NHL-capable and should be ready to step in soon. You've got Yulevi. We know about we know about Rafferty. We know about Rathbone, who was just signed. Like, that's – this is why I talk about the Chicago Blackhawk model. Let's suppose the Canucks do go on a run. Let's suppose let, – let's just say they just get to the conference final and they get that experience and, and they lose to the Avs, right? We'd yeah. be happy. We'd be like, this is great. This is great. And they're going to lose players like Sutter and Tanev and some of these glue pieces – but now they're going to have these young guys who are going to come in, and now you've got this core like you just talked about in Horvat, Besser, Pedersen, Hughes, um, Ulevi, that are going to calm these other guys down and say, this is how you play. This is how we've had success. This is what we are. We are going to win. And you can interchange those parts as you go over the next five to seven years, which is why I'm saying 
they're going to win three to five Stanley Cups because they have the depth in the system to accommodate the needs of the changes within the organization. Yeah, and we haven't taught like Cole Lind as well. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. he's another guy that's going to be that, you know, at least, I'd say at least a great third line guy. I think so. I um, think that's where he's, where he's at, yeah. You know, I mean, he could yeah. potentially be a second line uh, winger, but I mean, the Canucks have a lot of guys that are going to be in that second, first line. Well, so he's I he's think, a right wing. He's he's yeah. right wing, correct? Yeah. And what and I think Jake's a right winger. Is that yeah. correct? So, yeah, he's right wing, naturally. Yeah, yeah. So no, I but but yeah, I mean, I would love a Lind. I I would love if they could transition Lind to the left and go Lind oh. dot uh, for ten. Yeah. So I mean, the, the prospect depth. Like I say, we can have a whole news. A discussion on those guys. No, but this this is important because we're talking about the playoffs and we're talking about prospects and we're talking about oh, yes. why it's important to have these things. And this this is why this is a good discussion right now to have because Definitely. it's 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 to help us as Canucks fans understand. And this is why I understand why the you know we want to call them not not the non Benning Bros, the Benning you know the ones who want Benning fired. There, that's why they want to have picks and draft picks and prospects in the system all the time my it's not my argument but the reality is at some point you have to grow up you have to as an organization grow out of that stages and the result of that is like the pittsburgh penguins and the chicago blackhawks you win three stanley cups in uh you know for the blackhawks a five-year span for the for the penguins and in an eight-year span but you win three stanley cups yeah so so is is that not worth that you know, the, the, the Detroit Red Wings won, what was it, one, two, three, four cups in a 10-year span and went yeah. to a final in one of them. So, I mean, just that's the price you pay for that success. And if we want that success, you have to take that step. And you're never going to be able to take that step if you don't grow up and you have to start drafting later rounds because you're having that success. No, and, and that's that – I agree totally. And like I said earlier, too, it's like – you know, you got to stop building at one point and say, this is what we have and just keep it built. I mean, yes. and that's, you know, keep it maintained. I like that term. You know? I like that term. I like that term. Keep it built. And, and I'm, and I'm really big on not bringing in veterans all the time. I mean, again, you, you got to let young guys come in and play and, and that maybe not so, so harsh on the Oilers side of it, but I mean, the, the, the difference between the, the Canucks right now and the Oilers of the last, you know, eight, nine years is that aside from McDavid, I mean, they got rid of Taylor Hall. You know, the Yakupov didn't work out. Um, they never drafted defense. Uh, you know, Vancouver's done a really good job of putting pieces in place to, to, to be competitive. And, and you know, I, I just – that's why I feel the way I feel. I don't feel this way because I'm a Canucks fan. I'm very – analytical hockey fan i love hockey period i enjoy it i like discussing it you know if anybody wants to just discuss hockey with me dm dm me and on on twitter and 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 i'm I'm happy to talk about just hockey in general and and but i'm also you know i'll tell you like it is and some people don't like to hear it and the reality is right now the vancouver canucks have in place the pieces to be and dynasty is not the right word but to be a team that can win three Stanley Cups in five or six seasons. Yeah. They have that. They legitimately have that in place. The problem is they're going to, you know, the Oilers should have more of that in place next year. 
the Kings should be there in three years. Yeah. We know the Rangers are going to be there in three years. The Islanders are just about in the same space. The Avalanche are going through their, you know, prime right now with some young guys to keep them there. So it, it's not going to be easy, but I do like Vancouver's chances and I like this core and I like who they've got. And I think they've got a lot of good depth that can come in and really take over. And, and instead of having a bottom six where they're grinding it out, they can have a, a top nine where they can have 20 goal scorers on every line and maybe a couple 20 goal scorers or, you know, so the top line has three 20 plus goal scorers and the second line has two 20 plus yeah. goal scorers. And then the third line has two 20 plus goal scorers. And the fourth line has, has two or three 10 plus goal scorers. Like that's how you win Stanley cups. And Quinn Hughes, Yolevi, drive the back end by driving the puck up the ice and out. And, and again, Yolevi looked great in, in, in the six minutes he played. If that's what he's going to be and he can deliver that 20 minutes a night, oh, my gosh. It's going to yeah. be really tough to beat Vancouver on a nightly basis, legitimately. Yeah, and then, like we talked about Jack Rathbone, he's going to be another dynamic defenseman coming yep. here. And, yep. and you add him and – Whoever yep. else comes up and you get surprises like we never thought Chris Tanev was going to be any legitimate defenseman coming up from, you know, where he signed, when he signed. I mean, there's always possibilities for that too. And there's guys that come out of nowhere. We got some diamonds in the rough in the prospect pool as well. Like, yeah. you know, guys like, you know, Aiden McDonough, I, I really am high on this guy and he's a lower round pick and he could come in at some point too. So it's it's yeah the Canucks are are set up to be that type of team and And, and it's not gonna be easy but it's gonna be an exciting ride absolutely and and that's why you see teams like the Rangers and again you know like a lucky pick here but that's why you load up that's why the Kings are loaded up you need to have that depth that's why they won two cups in three years right (laughs) like you know it's 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 not this this is, you're ready for it? This isn't rocket science. It's not rocket is, science. <laughs> you know, it's not rocket science, right? But but you have to draft smartly. And, you know, whether you want to credit Judd Brackett or you want to credit J- Jim Benning, no offense, I just don't give crap. Like, I don't. I, I think it's a stupid argument to have. The reality is, is they've drafted these players and it's put them in a position to succeed. It's time to reap the benefits of this. It's time yeah. for the Canucks to do these things, to get in these playoffs, to get the experience, because, you know, I, I said this three or four years ago. You can ask a lot of, like, when I met, you know, when I met Sat Shaw at the, at the um, uh, what's it called? There was a uh, brain work for me, uh, sports center, like a, a sports day thing. And, you know, I met someone oh, yeah. there. And this was before Pedersen came on the team. And I remember watching my son. My son and I went to the Young Guns thing. And, and we watched them at, at Rogers there. And his very first shift I watched them, they did a little shift and they did a little play. And I looked at my son and I said, I said, Karen, I said, like, that's Wayne Gretzky. So that's how Wayne Gretzky played. That's how he looked. That's what he looked like. That's how he made passes. That's how he made plays. That's how he scored goals. And again, I'm not saying he's Gretzky. What I'm saying is, is that's the type of caliber player the Canucks have. And you just, you can't, they just don't grow on trees. These guys don't. No, and the so, same thing in the same breath, you can say Quinn Hughes, another guy that's – Exactly. He's insane on how he moves yeah. the puck and the skill he has. It's his skating. It's, it's, yeah, his skating, it just it, puts him ahead of so many guys. 
if anybody, when you're watching these games, when Hughes is on the ice, don't watch the puck. Watch his feet. Yeah. Watch his feet. And then go back and watch Paul Coffey. It is abs- it, it's absolutely stupid insane. It really, really is. It's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, that, that a player of Quinn Hughes caliber is on this team, that he fell to us. You know, thank, thanks Detroit for taking Zadina, the BPA best player available. Um, because, um, uh, you know, I don't think the Canucks would be in the playoffs if they didn't have Quinn Hughes, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't, no, I I don't think so. Not with that defense. I think if, you know, some of these other guys came in, Rathbone and that, I think you'd see that natural progression. Quinn Hughes just accelerated things. I really believe that. I, I, I agree. And the thing is, the first time I saw him in his first NHL game, I'm like, this guy is just, he's going to lead the defense and he revolutionized the defense. I think I wrote an article like the day after saying that this guy's revolutionizing the Canucks defense and look what happened. He did. I well, keep, again, the wild had no defense for him. There was nothing they could do. You cannot plan. So like, again, Kale McCarr, you know, if, if Rasmus, Rasmus Dallin gets going like he should, you can't, you cannot make a game plan to neutralize the defenseman because as soon as you do that, you are going to open it up for the Brock Bessers and the Pedersons and the Horvats and the Millers. And you're just going to open it up for that. Right. Yeah. That's the difference between right now, the Canucks and a team like the Oilers. And again, I'm not trying to rag on them and the Maple Leafs. You can plan against their top players because you know, their defense isn't going to kill them. Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, and Rasmus Dahlin will kill you. They will literally take over games and will win games. They are that good. And that is such a treat to have on your team. Yeah. And when, when the team has, you have to start worrying about the defensemen, not, you know, not to say it with the forwards, you have to worry about a defenseman as well. It, it just adds so much more to the team. And, yeah. you know, yeah, you have to game plan for, for Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, uh, you know, down the road, you know, Todd Coles and guys like that. But you're going to have to game plan for Quinn Hughes as well. And he has that wrinkle that just, you know, can throw off teams. And he's just all over the place. You can't – he so doesn't now, and, stay in one place either. I mean, he's all – yeah, just yeah. does so many things well. Exactly. And so now we go to your comment about now what about Rafa and what about – you'll let when he gets in. And, and, and all of a sudden – it's very hard to game plan that because it's really hard to game plan. You can game. That's why it's so easy to game plan against the Canucks a power play, by the way, is they mm. do the same thing. And the Canucks neutralize Quinn Hughes themselves. Yeah. They literally. I, I agree. <laughs> themselves. They, you know, they, they, they don't pass the Pedersen. Pedersen, like they should be just like, he should be bombing that. It doesn't matter who he hits. It doesn't mean, and I know he feels bad about it because, you know, he hurt, you know, I can't remember who the avalanche player he was that he hurt. I mean, again, what a character guy. Yeah. But but right now in the playoffs, you don't care. You bomb that thing and you bomb that thing and you bomb that thing because nobody else has that. Why do you think Shea Weber bombs from the point? Ovechkin. (laughs) Ovechkin bombs. Just use it. Use your deeps. Use that shot you're going to wear teams down. That's why I, I do agree with you. I think the Canucks do have a legitimate shot. I really do. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I'm, this is another discussion about the power play, but I still don't think they use that. They definitely don't use Elias Pettersson's one-timer enough. They don't use Brock Besser enough. 
I mean, that's not I how agree. it's set up. They don't set up, have Brock Besser that one-time position. They have two shots. They could do one-times yeah. from each side. Yep, I agree. Yet they totally don't agree. set up that way. And then they want to go down low and feed it out to Bo out front, which is, okay, fair. I get that. But you're not utilizing your best weapons, especially when you have snipers and players like that. And by the way, Pedersen hasn't really used his wrist shot yet. Wait till no. he gets comfortable enough to start using his wrist shot again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, so. I mean I- – I think their I mean, their power play is good, um, fourth overall in the regular season, but they could be so much better. I mean, yeah. it's. But this is but this is why you have to have what I am. That's why I say you have to follow the Blackhawk model. This is why you have to follow that model. You have your core players that you're always augmenting around and drafting and putting players around and making them good. And now here we are talking about the Blackhawks. And like you said, I mean, you took the Blackhawks. You took them to beat the Golden Knights. And why wouldn't you? The way Kubalik is playing, the way that Kirby Doc is playing, the way that Boakfist is, is, has given Duncan Keith, who I had written off, like his career's done. Um, he, he, Duncan Keith looks young again. Yeah, he definitely and it's because does. he's playing with Adam Bullfist. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if where like Brent Seabrook he didn't play any Oh he's done. No, no, he's, he's done. done. He's not playing at all. Yeah, he's, he's on a, he's on an LTIR. He said he wasn't playing. So. That's right. That's what I thought. Yeah, he's he's kind of done, but he he's kind of left. But uh yeah, Duncan Keith is is looking a lot like he was yeah. way back. Yeah. I just think that Blackhawks feel good, and you know I, uh, that's good. But I, I, I like using that model. That if that's the right model to use, and, and that's why I'm saying I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to be good next year, because Bouchard, who's a reasonable defenseman, and Bulkfit or Broberg, who is a very good defenseman. Like yeah. Philip Broberg is, is solid. Like he's he's the he's the um, dulling light, if you want to call him that, right? Yeah. And and. But he's going to, they're going to make all the difference. And all of a sudden, Edmonton's going to be like crazy good next year. And McDavid's not going to have to do everything himself anymore. Neither is Dreisaitl. And, you know, they're going to need some wingers. But, you know, it's, it's, that's, this is why you have to have this pipe of, of things going. And this is why I do understand that the, the guys who are frustrated at Benning for trading picks away, that's why they're frustrated. If you yeah. trade away all your picks because you're trying to chase it after a cup, you end up with what Mike Gillis gave us, which was nothing, and you end up with a five-year void of, of a disaster. Yeah. I mean, if and not for Pedersen and Hughes, the, the Canucks would still be in that. I agree. Um, but, but, you but, but, you, but you can't use that argument because they no. do have them, because they that's drafted true. and they, they do, do have it. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the point, right? That's the point. So, yeah. Which, and I think that's a good place to leave this off, my friend. Yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting playoffs to watch, and uh, definitely so many series we like already talked about that's going to be very uh, you know, key to focus on. And I don't think there's going to, there's going to be a boring series out there really. No, um, no, I'm my, my, the first rounder to watch for everyone, like can't miss must watch aside from the Canucks because we're Canucks fans is going to be the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Like can't miss that. Legitimately do not miss that series. That is going to be the best series for two reasons. Either the Hurricanes beat the snot out of the Bruins, which is just even better because then we can use then we can use sad Marchand uh, memes all the time on Twitter, or or it's a bloodbath and it's a great one and and it will be great to see the Hurricanes and and Svechnikov and Aho and just see where they go. And if the Bruins do beat them, that's actually a really good thing because the Bruins will be pretty worn out from playing them. Yeah, so that's. Everyone, yeah, watch. Just be happy that hockey's back and we're watching it. 
Um, yep. And it's it's great. Doesn't matter if there's no fans in the stands. We're watching at home, and it's going to be a fun ride. That's for sure. And that all gets started tomorrow. Our if you're listening, Ed, this will be it'll be in the morning. So yeah, it'll be getting sure. ready. So yeah, listen to the pod. Listen to this just before you get to get going. 